Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Milwaukee Nature. As always, I'm your host, Hannah Seaman. This week, we will be focusing in on a special event that occurred this past week, the Great Lakes Environmental Film Festival. We'll clue you in on what the festival is, the pieces that were featured, and other opportunities to get out there and learn about the Great Lake ecosystem around us. So, let's dive in and figure out how the Great Lakes make Milwaukee truly neat. On Wednesday, November 8th, the Great Lakes Film Festival made its way back to Milwaukee to showcase this year's cinematic feats in environmental film. The students at Marquette University were grateful to have the third annual film festival hosted by their own university as Marquette students truly value the unique opportunities to view creative pieces on a variety of topics. A group of driven students that have immeasurable respect and passion for the environment worked energetically to put on the film festival in hopes to inspire the Milwaukee community to be more environmentally aware. The idea for the film festival began with just a simple conversation. One conversation turned into one idea, and one idea turned into one goal, to continue the discussion, but this time with more participants. The Great Lakes Environmental Film Festival was created in honor of featuring work that celebrates and cares about the future of our environment. So, documentaries that are critical, political, theoretical, adventurous, and nature-loving are featured. These short films are intended to educate, provoke thought, and create dialogue about topics such as sustainability, ecological issues, environmental justice, and how we can make an environmental difference in our community. The Diedrich College of Communication agreed to host the film festival as the festival reflects the college's mission of preparing students for intellectual, artistic, professional, and ethical leadership in a complex technological and multicultural world. The college naturally jumped at the opportunity to host this event because of the students' passion to provoke healthy change in the community through unveiling and analyzing cinematic feats, ultimately honoring Diedrich's promise to be the difference. This year's festival was hosted in Wiesler Auditorium, a charming and comfortable space on Marquette's campus at around 7 p.m. The festival featured five short films ranging from three minutes to 27 minutes in length. The first film showed was titled Lost in Light, directed by Sriram Morali. It is a short film on light pollution and discusses the effects of this type of pollution on the night skies. The main question raised in this film regarded how light pollution affects the night skies and quite possibly the rest of our lives. The quality of the shots is absolutely breathtaking and meant to show the viewer how special the connection is between our world and the rest of the universe. Without the ability to view the sky, we would have never been able to study astronomy and utilize the knowledge from that area to advance as humankind. Ultimately, the film elicits powerful emotions in a very brief amount of time and leaves the viewer feeling a greater sense of responsibility to protect our planet. Being Here, directed by Palmer Morse and Matthew Mickelson, followed the strong lead that was Lost in Light. This film, sitting slightly longer at 10 minutes as compared to the three-minute film that came before, focused on another form of pollution, 
noise pollution. The film follows Gordon Hempton, an acoustic ecologist, as he studies the effects of noise pollution on a variety of locations. The patterns of communication between the natural world and human activity are discussed, analyzing the benefits of paying attention to the silence of nature. Altogether, this piece highlights the benefits of taking time to preserve nature by respecting its space and how it naturally grows and interacts with itself. Next up came Back 40, directed by Mark Doremus. Through merely 15 minutes of viewing, Doremus was able to capture two years' worth of development and attitudinal shifts in response to the proposal of the Back 40 mine. Doremus traveled between Michigan, Canada, and Wisconsin ceaselessly to investigate the proposed open-pit metallic sulfide mine that is set to be located on the banks of the Menominee River in Lake Township, Michigan. As a Canadian development company actively works for approvals to mine and process materials such as zinc and gold at the Back 40, citizens are generating a variety of responses related to the possible impact that it has on the areas surrounding. Screened fourth was the 27-minute documentary Trophy, presented by Lush Cosmetics. Trophy takes us through the forest to expose trophy hunters' inhumane and unethical practices of slaughtering grizzly bears to claim their heads, paws, and coats. While the hunters claim this hunt maintains ecosystem balance and has economic advantages, conservationists disagree. Valuable insight on the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, the Endangered Species Act, and various government sanctions enlighten viewers on how policymaking and legislations can either make or break the balance of an ecosystem. Finally, the film festival concluded with another 27-minute piece called The Canoe. This film, like Lost in Light, emphasized the importance of developing a bond with the natural world. The canoe is utilized as a symbol for human connection with the waterways, as the film's several narrators highlight the history, networks, expression, bond, and culture associated with the canoe. Director Go Irimoto truly outdid himself with capturing the beauty and pristine nature of the waterways. Personally, I was thoroughly impressed by all of the films. As you know from previous episodes, I have a sweet spot for the waterways. Watching the canoe really resonated with me, because it actually was not my first time seeing the film. As a summer camp counselor in Northern Ontario, during our training week, we were showed this film to further connect with our surroundings and respect the environment that we were working with. Being an avid canoe tripper since I was seven years old, I was able to truly embrace the ethos, logos, and pathos of the canoe. The film simply hit home. It ignited passion within me that might have been dormant and left me wanting to persuade more people to give outdoor recreation a chance. Hence, this podcast. The diversity of ecological topics covered was a great move for the film festival for several reasons. First of all, think of my emotional connection. By simply seeing someone paddle a canoe and get a kick out of it, I was immediately filled with passion and happiness. The smallest visual recognition brought me back to reflecting on my time as a canoe tripper and had me hooked for the remainder of the film. I can't help but hope that with the amount of diversity in the rest of the four films that there were other valuable and passionate connections made through the content of each piece. Maximizing the ecological topics covered in the films maximizes the amount of connections made 
and this is key to the film festival's goal of provoking conversation. If you have a few impassioned people in one room, someone is bound to share what they're excited about, which turns into more listeners, more stories, and a better understanding of the world around them. Additionally, the viewers were able to receive a well-rounded array of information regarding how our Milwaukee ecosystem, which is interconnected with the ecosystem's film, can and will continue to be impacted by humanity's ecological footprint. It was beneficial to the audiences to examine how regions surrounding the Great Lakes are impacted because viewers are able to bring it home, seeing as we are a Great Lakes region here in Milwaukee. Reducing our ecological footprint is key if we want to truly respect and form a bond with the Great Lakes that we call home. The five Great Lakes, Erie, Michigan, Superior, Huron, and Ontario, contain 20% of the world's surface freshwater and cover over 95,000 square miles. They border seven states and impact not only Americans, but Canadians as well. 40 million lives to be exact. More than 35,000 islands lay on these lakes, not to mention the species that thrive within them. To put this into perspective, nearly 100 million lake trout live solely in Lake Superior, just one out of the five lakes. The future of the Great Lakes is entirely dependent on how we respect it, as we contribute to sewage contamination, introduction of invasive species, habitat destruction, polluted runoff, toxic pollution, and climate change affecting the stability of our watershed. To create a symbiotic relationship with the Great Lakes, as in a relationship where both humanity and nature can benefit, we need to give nature its fair share. But in order for the public to make any sort of long-lasting change in our Great Lakes community, the public has to first know what is wrong. The student-run Great Lakes Environmental Film Festival's diverse ecological topics covered through the creative outlet of film took the first step in making change in our community, increasing public awareness. But it is important to remember that the film festival would not have been possible if it were not for the students' simple conversation about the environment that started it all. I hope that even if you are not able to attend the Great Lakes Film Festival, that this has inspired you to have a simple conversation about our Great Lakes community with your friends, coworkers, families, or peers. Because it's the public's ability to ignite passion that makes Milwaukee truly neat. I'm your host, Hannah Seaman, and thank you for listening.